I, I am Katina Horton, the love and freedom toxic relationship recovery coach. And today's Bible teaching is entitled Four Things His Track Record Tells You, But You Keep Ignoring Part Four. I want to just quickly review uh, the other uh, points that I made. The first three and the number one was hate you, right? He hates you rather, but he's willing to keep having sex and making babies with you. Number two is his place is not safe. Number three, he's a covenant breaker. And number four, today's point is what? He uses godly language to commit ungodly acts. Laban wanted Jacob to keep working for him so he could keep getting what? Free labor and free uh, products, right? And so Laban was only advancing and becoming wealthy because God was blessing him through Jacob's presence. And there are some people in life, right, who will benefit from our what? From our talents, our skills, and abilities, our intellect, and influence simply because of our presence, right? And so what happens is that it happens in marriage, it happens in friendships, it happens in workplaces and ministry and business, etc. So what was the godly language that Laban used? It's in Genesis 30. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, and I'm starting at the 25th verse, Jacob said to Laban, send me on my way so that I can return to my homeland. Give me my wives and my children that I have worked for and let me go. Laban said to him, if I have found favor with you, stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Then Laban said, name your wages and I will pay them. So Jacob said to him, you know how I have served you and how your herds have fared with me. For you had very little before I came but now your wealth has increased. And sometimes you have to just let a person know, you just gotta be real with them, as I say, right? You gotta just give them that truth, right? Their reality, give them a reality track, but you gotta be able to do it what? In grace and with love and with truth, right? To say like, just tell them how it is. Like, you know that I have done what? Nothing but been kind to you, right? when you have to talk to them, have this hard conversation and they've been doing some things that have not pleased you and et cetera. Sometimes you just got to break it down to them and be real, right? And he says, the Lord has blessed you because of me. And now when will I also do something for my own family? Laban asked, what should I give you? And so sometimes what ends up happening is we can give and give and give so much to other people that we what? We pull away from our family. We can say yes so much, so many times to other people 
that we don't even have it to give to our family, right? And so it says, and Jacob said, you don't need to give me anything. If you just do this one thing for me, I will continue to shepherd and keep your flock. Let me go through all your sheep today and remove every sheep that is speckled or spotted, every dark colored sheep among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the female goats. Such will be my wages. In the future, when you come to check on my wages, my honesty will testify for me. If I have any female goats that are not spotted or any lambs that are not black, they will be considered stolen. Good, said Laban. Let it be as you have said, right? That day, Laban removed the streak and spotted male goats and all the speckled and spotted female goats, everyone that had any white on it and every dark colored one among the lambs. And he placed his sons in charge of them. He put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob. Jacob, meanwhile, was shepherding the rest of Laban's flock. Okay, and so then what happened is that this so-called godly language was used to pull Jacob in, right? That's what it, he was attempting to do, to pull Jacob in and then have the life sucked out of him. Laban talked about the spirit of divination informing him of what the Lord said, right? Him and Jacob were not even aligned spiritually. They weren't even operating with the same spirit. And when people say, oh, I'm a Christian and let's burn sage and let's burn this and let's pray to this and let's pray to that, you know you operating from different spirits and they try to align that stuff together, right? And it's like, oh no, honey, we're not on the same page. We operating from a spiritual level, but it's not the same spirit, right? And Laban still felt that it would do the trick, right? But it didn't. And had Jacob engaged in conversation with Laban in regards to Python, that spirit would have started wrapping around Jacob's neck. Just like when uh, one day I had a Zoom session with a potential uh, business uh, type of situation. And as I'm talking to the lady, I was just like, wow. The strong energy is coming from her even on Zoom. And I literally could feel the snake like wrapping around and wrapping around as I was already thinking to myself, no, you've been following me. You want to have a meeting with me and then you want to try to make money off of me? I don't think so, right? And so what happened is that when I came out of there, I had to put one hand on my heart one hand on my chest and pray and ask the Lord to literally revive me, right? And so, like I said, they weren't even aligned with the same spirit. And when people say, oh, I'm a Christian and blah, 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 let's burn this and that and the other, you know that that's your time. Like this conversation is over, right? And then the thing that tripped me out too is when what was a red flag when the lady told me she allowed witches to come on her show, Right? Somebody tell you that, you know, that's not the right place for you to be, right? You're not judging at the same time. You know, this is not for me, right? This is way on another level that I'm not prepared for, right? And so, like I said, Laban thought it was going to do the trick, but uh, Jacob did not engage with him 
and ask him, oh, well, tell me more about the divination spirit. What else did it say? He left that alone, right? That's the best thing we can do when other people start doing what? Talking about all these spirits they're involved in, right? And so Laban's like, hey, what you mean you leaving? <laughs> you can't leave. I need you to stay and allow me to keep making a fool out of you, right? Jacob made one request. And basically it was like, because um, I know how you are. This is all I want type of request. And sometimes when a person asks you, well, what can I do for you? Is there anything I can do to help you? And you might say, okay, I know how you are, right? You might say that to yourself. This is the only one thing that I'm requesting from you, right? And you will make that request. And so Laban only agreed to Jacob's request because he figured there was no way anything would come out of those animals as far as wealth was concerned. Jacob had to end up leaving eventually, though, because of Laban's narcissistic injury that turned into narcissistic rage and the countenance changes like, OK, Leah, Rachel, we got to go. Let's peace out. <laughs> Let's peace out right now. And at your workplace, it's the same thing. Finally, you didn't get to the point of being sick and tired of taking advantage of by your boss. And then as soon as you say, I'm out of here, he starts talking about, well, what can I give you? It's like, we've been there and done that. We've done that 10 times, like with Jacob and Laban and it amount to what? Nothing. His track record already showed you that he's a covenant breaker. His words are incongruent with his actions, right? And it just so happens you come up with something in regards to uh, a deal with one of your marketing clients, right? And so you say, well, if I can get this deal to go through for $2 million, right? That means I get a $20,000 bonus. And guess what? Your boss agrees to it because he's thinking there's no way in a million years she's going to be able to pull that off, right? But what happens is that you guys end up setting up a contract. You get able to convince the client, right? Because you got those natural talents and abilities and skills and all that intellect that the Lord has blessed you with and they sign on. And so what happens is that the boss has no other choice but to pay you because it's all in an agreement and the client has a copy of it, right? And so like, like I said, because of this, like Jacob, you end up being on the hit list. A narcissistic injury has occurred with your boss, right? Because you what? <laughs> you balling, so to speak, right? And so what happens once that narcissistic injury occurred, then the countenance change and the narcissistic uh, rage is soon to follow, right? And then another example would be Absalom, who wanted his half-brother Amnon dead because of the fact that he had, what, raped his sister Tamar. It was a two-for-one special, right? His brother threatened his kingship for when David died and whoever was going to be David's successor. But then also Amnon had raped his sister. So it's like, okay, it can look like I'm doing this in revenge for my sister, but really I'm looking out for myself, right? I'm a narcissist. I'm an opportunist, right? And so some people may say to you, you know, I'm looking out for you, girl. You know, I look out for you. You know, whenever anything go down, I'm looking out for you. And it's like, yeah, I know. You actually looking out for yourself. You ain't looking out for me, right? You pretending like you protecting me in the end. This situation works to your advantage. You are an opportunist, right? Narcissists are opportunists. So what did Absalom say that was godly language that led him to do un ungodly things? Okay, it was very similar to what God said to Joshua in 1 and 9. This is what jo uh, God said to Joshua in Joshua 1 and 9. Haven't I commanded you? 
Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Here's what Absalom said to his guests at the sheep shearing party in 2 Samuel 13. When King David heard about all these things, he was furious. And of course he was furious because of what had happened to his daughter, what one son took upon himself to do to his sister, his half sister, right? And it says Absalom didn't say anything to Amnon, either good or bad, because he hated Amnon since he disgraced his sister Tamar. Two years later, Absalom's sheep shearers were at Baal Hazar near Ephraim, and Absalom invited all the king's sons. Then he went to the king and said, your servant has just hired sheep shearers. Will the king and his servants please come with your servant? The king replied to Absalom, no, my son, we should not all go or we would be a burden to you. Although Absalom urged him, he wasn't willing to go, though he did bless him. If not, Absalom said, please let my brother Amnon go with us. The king asked him, why should he go with you? But Absalom urged him. So he sent Amnon and all the king's sons. Now, David already knew, okay, what Amnon had done. He already knew that Absalom was angry about it and didn't do anything or say anything, right? He already knew he himself was angry about it and didn't say or do anything. So you don't think it's suspicious. He asked a question, but you don't check into it. You don't send some of your men to see what is Absalom up to. No, he didn't do any of that, right? Very passive father. And so then it says, now Absalom commanded his young men, watch Amnon until he's in a good mood from the wine. When I order you to strike Amnon, then kill him. Don't be afraid. Am I not the one who has commanded you? Be strong and valiant. You see how that resembles very much so Joshua 1.9? So Absalom's young men did to Amnon. <laughs> just as Absalom had commanded. Then all the rest of the king's sons got up and each fled on his mule. You are commanding people to kill other people. You are talking like you are God himself. This was Absalom. And obviously these people that he told to do it, he obviously knew their character. He obviously knew that those people he invited when he planned this out, and remember, narcissists playing out this big old theater production. So he obviously knew that they were going to be all gung-ho and ganged up for it, right? He's talking like God himself. This is idol worship. I, uh, Absalom might as well have been a golden calf. Gaslighting by using this verse because he felt it was going to give a license for authority for murder under the guise of it being courageous and what God wants them to do. And they did what he said like a fool, right? They had to be in a gaslighting delusional trance themselves to think this was okay and to go ahead and do it. It's just like, wow, there are no words for this kind of behavior. And then in the third example of godly language, turning into ungodly actions, Absalom tells David that he's going to offer sacrifices after returning to Jerusalem. However, that's not all he was doing and planning on doing, right? He only said this to David to throw him off from his true mission. 
taking over the kingship, taking over the throne. Absalom was so charming and he was handsome and smooth and had such a, a debonair and an air about him that people who didn't even understand his mission joined in with him like a nut. And so in 2 Samuel 15, it says, when four years had passed, Absalom said to the king, so he, the king was his father, David, please let me go to Hebron to fulfill a vow I made to the Lord. For your servant made a vow when I lived in Geshur of Aram, saying, if the Lord really brings me back to Jerusalem, I will worship the Lord in Hebron. Go in peace, the king said to him. So he went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent agents throughout the tribes of Israel with this message. When you hear the sound of the ram's horn, you are to say, Absalom has become king in Hebron. 200 men from Jerusalem went with Absalom. They had been invited and were going innocently for they did not know the whole situation. That's a mess. While he was offering the sacrifices, Absalom sent for David's advisor, Ahithophel the Gilonite, from his city of Gilo. And remember, Ahithophel was Bathsheba's grandfather. So the conspiracy grew strong and the people supporting Absalom continued to increase. Then an informer came to David and reported, the hearts of the men, <laughs> that's important, right? The hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. David said to all the servants with him in Jerusalem, get up, we have to flee or we will not escape from Absalom. Leave quickly or he will overtake us quickly. Heap disaster on us and strike the city with the edge of the sword. It's just like when this type of situation People got so caught up and this happens in real life, right? It's just like, I don't know what's going on, but he's in charge. You know, it's something about this guy that's just drawing me to him. You know, I'm just going to drop, jump, jump up and run right on and join, right? And next thing you know, the crowd is riding, you riding right with them. Don't even have a clue of what's going on. You're being tear gassed. You're being thrown in jail for a cause that even you don't even understand. And the next thing you know, you know. God is asking you like he asked Adam in the Garden of Eden, where are you? And you're asking yourself, how did I get here? Remember, you are enough. Reclaim your power, soul, and identity. And then I want to challenge you to reclaim the power, soul, and identity of your calling. Grab them keys to the kingdom and get your inheritance. Again, I'm Katina Horton, the Love and Freedom Toxic Relationship Recovery Coach. Be blessed. I love you, family. And until next time, share the message.